0: Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it.
1: Welcome to my Insta Live very soon, I'm going to be joined by my friend, colleague, running coach at Running With Jake, Uh, but for the time being, it's just me. Now I've got to be honest, I'm moving house next week, and my mind is currently full of 1 billion different things all swirling around in a massive panic, and to be frank, I'm just running to keep sane, and I'm not even really sure what day of the week it is or what time it is. So. Consider yourselves lucky that I'm here, and this is a little bit of a warning to say I have absolutely no idea how good. And hopefully he's going to join me very soon. Hello, Jake. Why have you frozen? I can't cope with this today. Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: I'm ready. <laughs> hello. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. having
1: a break. I'm just having a breakdown live on live.
0: No problem, don't worry about it. It's all good. We're all friends. We keep things just... very real. Don't
1: worry. Bye. That's it. That's it. I, I, I need to go for a run actually. I need to move house. But, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to sum up how you look at the moment, Joe. I won't say deflated, but just a bit meh. A bit. Oh, it's like rabbit in, a, s- rabbit in headlights. That's what you I remind feel me of.
1: Slightly hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we're going to have a little anyway, chat. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about running, um, all right? and then, you know, that would take my mind off all the other stuff that's going on. And this week, we're talking about threshold running. Love it. So, I thought we probably ought to start by defining what we mean.
0: Okay. Shall so I go shall for I, it. Shall I give you, you my go definition? For it. I was thinking about this while I was making this rather really beautiful cup of tea. I think we should keep things fairly simple initially. I like it. Um, keep things fairly... Uh, simple initially because it can be quite gets a bit sciencey doesn't it It gets a bit technical in terms of what the true effort or intensity really means and how we understand what threshold is but in short and I will expand on this perhaps later in the video and give you my reasons why I say this but in short it's the effort the maximum effort that you can sustain for between 30 and 60 minutes fully rested, fully charged fully focused that's the maximum effort maximum performance that you can extract between 30 and 60 minutes shall I just expand a little bit on that now Why let me just let me
1: just say one point about this so I was coaching a threshold session to some young athletes the other week and the dad of one of them said oh but for 60 minutes she runs really slowly and I had to say it's not what you would do if you were doing a 60 minute run it's as you said the key word is maximum effort you can sustain for that period not what you'd run if you were just going out for a 60-minute run. Massively. Continue.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good distinction to make because it is exactly that. It's not your, your regular kind of 60-minute effort. It is indeed that. It's a maximum effort. And it's, it's not so much hypothetical, but it is if all things go well, what, what efforts could you sustain? Because as we often say on these, in these chats, having performance and having the ability and the genetic potential and all those things, that's one thing then having the mind to be able to extract it on a given day is totally different. Just going back to the whole 30 to 60 minutes thing, and and people will have different views on this. That's quite a broad window. And the reason I give that is a lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of physiologists will say it's 60 minutes. 50 to 60 minutes is typically what people will say. If you're a swimmer, and I'm not, although I'm dipping my toe in the water at the moment, being injured, swimmers do what I understand to be called a T50, which is a threshold 50, which is the maximum effort they can they can swim at for 50 minutes that's how they determine their lactate threshold but because it's very difficult to extract that performance and because we all have different levels of ability different levels of experience i think that for some people that effort needs to be broader so it needs to be the window needs to be broader so it's 30 to 60 minutes this comes from a physiologist a chat i had with a physiologist at luckville university and she said well because i said 30 minutes really that low when we had a good chat about this and i'm on board with that So I think that's typically where you look what you're looking at. The effort you can sustain maximum for thirty to sixty minutes.
1: Yeah, I think I suppose what the the challenge is, there is a precise definition related to heart rates and volume, blood volume of lactate. But what we're trying to do is for the vast majority of people who wouldn't necessarily go through that testing process, apply it to a real world estimation of where it is and that's and where the kind of that that sort of broad 30 to 60 minutes comes in the other thing you know tend to say 10k and a half marathon if you want to put it into race times because again i think a race using a race pace to estimate it is quite useful in the sense that it, it's kind of real world and you've probably pushed yourself really hard for that so therefore you have a nice number you can work with um whereas if i were if you were to say what what's your maximum pace you could run or heart rate you could run for 50 minutes i wouldn't have a clue quite frankly but i can tell you my 10k time and my heart half marathon time so it, it, again it's trying to estimate isn't it a something that's can be quite precisely measured
0: And it is difficult as well, Joe, like you say. We don't test. Not everybody has access to testing. I test a lot of migraines, as you know. I really like that. There's still some considerations, by the way. It isn't an exact science. It's not this is the number, this is the pace, your threshold, or this is the absolute heart rate. But it underpins your training. It really gives you that information. And then on top of that, you've then got to understand what lactate threshold actually feels like so when you go out there and running and we talk about conversation pace for example it, uh, or sorry we talk about the conversation scale so how many words can you speak can you utter at a given intensity that can help you to understand well am i working at the right effort here is this lactate threshold it does get quite difficult and i think the problem and i suppose there's pros and cons of using all different ways of measuring jokes so you mentioned race pace there and i think that can be very useful but then if somebody's like an elite half marathoner, they're going to run, if we, if we assume it's 60 minutes, the maximum effort somebody can sustain, especially if they're an elite or experienced, of course, on the world stage, well, they're going to be running a half marathon at lactate threshold. I'm not, I'm certainly not going to be running a half marathon at lactate threshold, maybe in the latter stages. So it's quite, it is quite tricky to understand. Do you want to pick up on the whole kind of, I guess, giving people some basics and reminding people that do know, about how to understand your lactate threshold if you've not been tested. So maybe on the back of that whole conversation thing, how would you help to inform somebody's lactate threshold?
1: <laughs> so I actually wanted to go back a tiny bit from there as well and talk about terminology because I use the term lactate turning point to, use, to define what we're talking about in terms of thresh, lactate threshold. And I think, again, people use different... And the other terminology people c- call is, is tempo. So it's that little bit of understanding that, yeah, just different terminology again, uh, depending on where you're coming from, what sports you're involved in, all those kind of things, you know, there are different words that are used for it. So, yeah, <laughs> that was just my kind of point as well, that,
0: you know, I, I would call it lactate turning point
1: rather than threshold, which is something that's much easier and much slower. Um, and
0: and I, think, I think the key there, Joe, just to jump in quickly on that, that def- whole definition thing, we've got um, – My physiologist, the physiologist I use, the exercise scientist um, to, to test my runners on the podcast in the next couple of weeks, I recorded a call with him earlier this week and we were speaking about this. We were talking about training zones in general, actually, but we obviously got into the whole lactate threshold thing and terminology and people will call it different things. So individual anaerobic threshold, IAT, there's LT2. Lactate turn point, as yeah, you call yeah. it, LTP. It just really, as long as you know what it means, yeah. so watching this now, it doesn't really matter, does it? You can call <laughs> it monkey or banana, it doesn't matter. As long as you know what it means and the intensity or pace or heart rate, you're fine. And I think it's worth just making the distinction, and we'll come on to the benefits of lactate threshold because that's important. So we'll get people's buy in if they're perhaps not doing it at the moment. But it's worth making the distinction or putting out there that there are actually two thresholds, two key thresholds. So if you were to be tested in a physiology lab in a controlled environment on a treadmill where exercise scientists take your blood samples, monitor your lactate levels, they're looking for two points in your physiology, in your kind of uh, your fitness, if you like, to keep it really basic. The first point is much lower down than the second point. The first point is just a slight increase in your lactate levels in your blood that you produce. And it just gives us an idea of, the point at which you become a little bit more reliant on carbohydrates. Okay, not going to talk about that in huge amounts of detail today. It's the second point that we're focusing on, which most people, I think, I'm right in saying, Joe. Most people will call it threshold. They just so sure. Yeah, threshold. Threshold. So we're talking. I'm about, happy
1: with threshold. You're happy if with we that? Drop the lactate bit.
0: Sure. We're talking about the second. Point, the threshold yeah, we are. It, it's, we are. and and let's just throw some things out there, Joe. So a lot of people refer to it, and this is why I think it's a really difficult intensity for a lot of people, and not always so enjoyable, because it's often a sustained effort. It, like it's not easy, it's uncomfortable, you're working, but it's sustained. It's not like, although you can break it up into sort of intervals, the intervals tend to be quite long versus something where you're doing like the VO2 Max stuff or some 10K efforts or 5K efforts. They're much shorter, so they're over quicker, although you're working much harder. Whereas threshold can be uncomfortable for a lot of people and they can have a funny relationship with it because it's an uncomfortable effort they've got to sustain for a long time. So I yeah, think changing, um, changing, sorry, Joe, changing your relationship with it a little bit, embracing it and really understanding the benefits of it. So it's a, it's a good measure of your endurance. If you can really improve or increase the speed. That you are running your threshold out over time, of course, with the right training and guidance and structure and all those things, then that's going to boost your overall endurance. And as endurance runners, that's massively helpful. You know, five k upwards, that's massively helpful.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things to pick on that, as you say. I always think it is actually important to relate it to pace that you can run at. So that's that thing about you talked about swimmers. Now, some people, particularly if they come from like a triathlon background or they're cycling and they're transferring into swimming you're actually your your lactate threshold your threshold points might be slightly different in the different sports depending on the muscles that you use and therefore the amount of lactate that you generate and also as i say it's how you relate it to a pace so the idea of your training is that you may change your heart rate zones but you are more likely through training to actually change the pace you run at the same heart rate so your heart rate in terms of your kind of zones wouldn't necessarily change you would just be running faster for the same amount of heart rate so i think that's kind of where I, i sort of you need to tie it down to pace to some extent although pace again as we know can be affected by a whole range of factors um And then going back to what you were saying, the other thing, uh, there's that that expression which I use both ways around, which is that kind of comfortably uncomfortable or or uncomfortably comfortable. But anyway, the bottom line is you can sustain it. That's the comfortable part, um, but it's not pleasant. That's the uncomfortable part. So that's, again, a kind of common way to describe it, isn't it? And as you say, it's, it's that sort of it takes it takes thought and commitment to run at this. It's not something you can just knock out without thinking about. I would say it's that it takes you into that realm where conscious effort is required throughout the duration (laughs) of the run. Um, And then the other thing going around the whole 10 K half marathon, how do you measure it? I do find more and more with experience that it is both um, fitness based, but also experience based. So the more you train, the more you, you run the fitter you become, the more you're actually able to sustain that that threshold pace for longer because it does take conscious effort, it is quite hard and um and you know it, it's it's yeah it just takes practice and so it's, it's a skill as well that you develop over over time as well as all the kind of physiological things behind it which is i feel now we're just making it you know more complicated for people rather than making it easy no i don't
0: think so <laughs> it's good to throw some thoughts people's way and get them to think i, I think what you've said there joe is why i agree with the whole 30 to 60 minutes thing because it is such a concerted effort to do to do to run a threshold whatever you're trying to do session wise whether it's what many people would call a tempo effort where it's a, it's, a, it's a block of threshold running. You might do 15, 20 minutes. You probably wouldn't do much more than 30 minutes for most people on the basis that this is the effort we're saying most people can sustain for between 30 and 60 minutes. You're not going to be running an hour 20 at threshold. You know, so um, <laughs> no. If, if, no, no matter what you're doing, it's important, I think, to not ask yourself the question when you're running at threshold, could I sustain this effort? For sixty minutes, because the answer you'll come up with is probably no, because it feels pretty <laughs> awful. But goes back to what I said at the start of this video: we're, we're not talking about could you, as in mentally, and could you actually go and do it in yeah. reality. It's do you have the physical capability to do it? Yeah, you probably do. So yeah. that's, I suppose, the distinction. And I think you're just picking up on the whole comfortably hard thing joe it's a phrase i use a lot oh it's comfortably hard and if i'm honest i don't particularly like it but (laughs) i don't because what is comfortable and hard you know what's comfortably hard is tricky but i think well i always
1: think with threshold it's comfortable at the start and hard at the end well quite
0: possibly (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's also difficult to hold yourself back you know once you've got up to that threshold effort whether, whether it's whether it's pace joe which you can run on pace, of course. If Obviously, we know that lots of things affect pace, how you feel on the day, the conditions. Is there a headwind? Is it hilly? All that stuff. But as long as you're running at the right effort threshold, once you get up there, whether you're monitoring p- pace or heart rate or feel or whatever, it's then not overcooking it and go- going too quick because that's quite yeah. hard. So that concentration you talk about, Joe, I think it also serves to hold you back a bit as well, especially if you're really driven as an individual. You know, you're always out there running, you're up for it, you want to smash it, you've got lofty goals. Just keeping yourself in check to make sure you don't overcook it i think is important
1: yeah which is where that thing i just jokingly said about it should feel comfortable at the start because i think some people think it
0: should feel uncomfortable from the
1: start and therefore that's when that tendency is to actually race off and say what you end up doing say for example you're doing a 20 minute threshold run Actually, the first bit is too hard. You're too far above threshold and then you get tired because you just can't sustain that. And so the the second part of the run is actually below threshold and you end up with almost maybe a small chunk in the middle that was at the right intensity that you wanted. So it it, and again, that does come from practice. Um, And, you know, and, and, you know, again, we we both totally on the same page here with, with both pace and heart rate. Heart rate, you probably need a chest strap. You need an accurate understanding of what you're looking at. Pace is a nice guide. And if you take the two, if you're using a wrist monitor heart rate, then you probably want a combination of heart rate and pace and how it feels to put you in the right area of what you're doing. Um, again, the more kind of, um, uh, you know, the better your kind of heart rate monitoring and the more you know your zones, the more you could rely on that. So it's just, yeah, it, it's kind of judging yourself um, and knowing what that feels like.
0: I, I think the, I think there's pros and cons with all methods of monitoring. So whether that's RP, whether that's feel, whether that's pace, whether that's heart rate, I don't always think it's just a case of, right, go and use this method of monitoring and it will work for you. I think it's important to tra- sort of triangulate those three bits of information. So kind of understanding what works, what doesn't work, where am I? Let's look at heart rate. How does that feel? You mentioned kind of the initial stages of of the threshold session and how, that feels, and it's very easy to kind of overcook it, as we said, and I think it is. And this is why it's really important that if you are running on feel or heart rate, that you give your, uh, the feel and the intensity of the session time to catch up. Because at the start of any session, whether it's threshold or something other, you, it's not gonna feel at the right intensity, it's going to feel easier. Whereas at least if you're dialing into pace and you know you're somewhere near, that can help to hold you back a little bit. So I do think it's important just to kind of have that in mind a little bit as well. Not so easy. And I think the warm-up's key as well, Joe. Making sure you're properly oh, yeah. warm before you, <laughs> yeah. before you get into it.
1: You don't I, can see you've been,
0: I can see you've been thrown there, Joe, by a nice little comment we've had from Jim the Law Runs. You talk absolute garbage. Thank you, my friend. That's really nice. We're just here trying to help people share some thoughts, chat around every Friday. You don't have to join in. Appreciate your involvement, though. Good to see you. Um,
1: so perhaps some practical training sessions then. What kind of things would you... You know, what kind of training session would you set up if you're looking at threshold training for either yourself or some of the runners you coach?
0: I think initially coming away from the sustained efforts is helpful because obviously the longer you run at that particular intensity, the harder it's going to be. So breaking it up into blocks, manageable blocks and really initially just helping people find their threshold. So putting them in a situation where they're able to go and explore what threshold might be for them. I think that's important. And something you believe um, strongly in Joe, and you apply a lot to your ses- the sessions you write, is the manipulation between the work periods and the rest periods. So mm. also think about, you know, those recoveries give people initially, if I'm just conditioning to this strange intensity, which is comfortably hard, I'd give them reasonably long recoveries. Reasonably long, not insane, of course. We want them to be able to get back up to threshold pretty quickly again in the next repeat. But there might be blocks of four minutes, maybe five minutes. I probably wouldn't go less than four minutes. There are some occasions I might, but on the basis, it takes a bit of time to get up there. I probably wouldn't go less than four minutes. And I might repeat that two, three, building up to four, five, maybe even six times and then once you're comfortable with it, I, can think, I think you can start to put in some sustained efforts, some blocks, some tempo blocks of threshold into your training. And you might start at 12 minutes, maybe even 10 minutes if you're really new to it, just to get a feel for what it feels like running for that length of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I build people up to it. I think if if somebody's fairly new to to threshold running, I'm not going to say run for 20 minutes at threshold because it's, A, it's quite demanding. As we've said, it takes that focus and commitment and concentration and, and it's quite physically demanding. So yeah, I would introduce somebody through threshold intervals. I, again, picking up, you said I like to manipulate the recovery. So actually what I kind of like to do is set a fartlek run where we'll be kind of bobbing up around threshold and then a bit of active recovery. So the heart rate's not dropping right the way down again and therefore we're not. It, therefore, it is easier to bring it back up to where we want, but it breaks it up slightly. So I use FartLook a lot again as a kind of almost a substitute for a, a full-on sustained threshold run. I would use the fart look to kind of just work people in and sometimes when perhaps I don't want them to work as hard as that throughout the whole kind of 30 minutes um, or like I say, if we're just sort of introducing that pace and that kind of uncomfortableness.
0: And so, as yeah. as we've said before, Joe, with the fartlek stuff, it's it's a really nice session to drop in, especially when we can, people are getting conditioned to threshold in the early stages of training and things like that of a training block, because there's less pressure with it. You can't really get it wrong. I mean, arguably, you can never get a session wrong because there's always an opportunity to learn from it. But you know what? I mean? Oh, I think you can but, get a few. <laughs> well, yeah, but for, I was being nice on a Friday, but I didn't want to upset Jim here. <laughs> But fartlek is is a nice, relaxed session where you can do some quality running. You can experiment. You're not under pressure to hit certain things. Yes, you might have, you know, it, there might be a certain format to the fartlek, but it is, generally speaking, pretty relaxed. It puts you in a lot of control. I think it's really helpful. Just picking up on, with the time we've got, Joe, the warm-up, because this is something I've experimented with a lot in my own running and with the run as a coach, and especially people that have been tested. So if we, we test them and we've got a bit more of an understanding of where their lactate threshold lies – Then going to do that session, we know it takes time. So they're running on heart rate, okay? So it takes time for them to get their heart rates up there. And it's easy to overcook it if they force it too much. So I think before you even start thinking about the main element of your session and threshold, try to understand what warm-up will work for you, what's effective. And I think it needs to be reasonably long. It doesn't need to be intense, but I think it needs neither needs to be like just a five-minute little walk. That you might do if you're doing an easy run, it needs to be something of a bit of quality. So there's less of a gap to bridge. Does that make sense? So from your kind of jogging easy pace that you might do to raise your pulse, get your heart pumping blood around the body, and the pace and effort that you intend on running at in the threshold, you don't want a massive gap between the two once you've finished your warm up, because... You've got this void to fill, and it's more awkward. So trying to get somewhere near, maybe throw in some gentle strides, things to elevate the heart rate, get the legs turning over. Just get yourself properly primed so that you've got a better chance of executing the session accurately. I think that can Yeah, help.
1: so I'd actually go further than that. I would say there's that potentiate element to warm up, which a lot of the time we miss, but actually some good pace strides, not some gentle strides. I do my jogging usually i say for most people it's between 10 and 20 minutes warm up you know that's probably where you want to be to get your aerobic system working at its maximum efficiency but then actually putting in some faster pace strides or potentially even kind of one or two minute runs there's some really good evidence around particularly for preparation for races that those at that threshold pace can really get your heart rate right up to where it needs to be so that as you say when you start the effort it's there and ready to go um Dan, I think it was, asked, can you overdo threshold training? Now, ironically, because we're talking about that zone sort of between between what's easy and what's hard, there's that whole thing where, you know, um, that often people get criticised on Strava for doing too much running in the middle. So I think, you know, the ideal structure to training, whole nother discussion, is around a base of steady aerobic running with some threshold on top of that. So you certainly don't want to be doing the majority of your running up close to that threshold point. That probably would be overdoing it. Um, And you're also going to risk um, injury uh, to that as well. And you're not going to get the aerobic training training benefits that you might want. So you might, you know, you've got some great dose of of threshold there. You're going to be improving your heart rate, but not as efficiently. And like I say, with a greater injury risk than you would if you put that steady running into kind of balance between the two. So like all training, yes, you can overdo it. You just need to manage it well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's some good points there, Joe. Of course, you can't overdo all training. I think the other thing to perhaps think about, Daniel, is keep it really simple. If we're saying that threshold is typically 30 to 60 minutes, fairly broad window, but if that's what the intensity is, you, you probably don't want to be doing that within the session, any one session. And on the basis that most people, again, it's very, very broad will probably look at doing typically a couple of quality sessions each week, whether that's hill repeats or some threshold. You know, it's kind of classic if you're a club runner, Tuesday and Thursday, you know, they're the sessions. You don't want to be going over and above that and going mad all the time and dropping it in at the weekend, dropping it in on a Monday. I mean, of course, people have different tolerance, tolerance levels for training and can deal with different amounts of load and stress. And I also think it's important to think about age, as well because as we all get older we probably can't deal with the same demands put our body under the same demands that we could when we're younger i'm sorry joe it's a fact it's a fact man Just
1: cool so hopefully we haven't confused you all too much there with with our very uh, winding definition of what we're actually talking about but hopefully giving you a few kind of practical ideas as well some practical ideas or what do we mean by it? So somewhere between that kind of 10K to half marathon for most people, somewhere between that kind of 30 to 60 minutes, what's the maximum effort? So not what we do, you do for a steady run over that distance, but what's the kind of max effort that you might be able to sustain for 30 to 60 minutes, linked to the 10K to half marathon thing, somewhere around your kind of 90% of your max heart rate, always you know we always have to chat about actual lactate testing um threshold testing you know what that actually means and how that can bring into you your training and obviously you know how it all relates to pace as well and then some some training sessions i think that sums up nicely don't you awesome so now i'm off to do some running just steady running though no threshold for me today
0: don't burn yourself out you've got a house to move remember but <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying Oh, God, why did you have to mention
1: it? I was all completely in the running zone there. I was all, you know, over the moon. But never mind. Anyway, um, and on that note, I'm going to say we're not actually here next Friday because I will be unpacking my house. I'll have no idea if I've actually got any signal or way of communicating whatsoever. Um, So it will be the week after that that we will be back on Jake's page. But if you do miss us, you can always catch up with any of the previous lives that we've done on mine or Jake's page at Running With Jake. You can obviously catch up with the Running With Jake podcast as well. And these are always released as quick hits. So there's lots and lots of ways you can uh, make sure you don't really miss us next week. But have a good week. I will see you on the other side of my house move. Good luck, Joe. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Bye, you.:
0: Bye. That was Running With Jake, the quick hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday. Or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, the podcast.